Hello everyone and welcome to One Killport Podcast, episode 237. My name's Benjamin Yoder, here today talking about video games. Um, recently, somebody had mentioned to me, and this is feedback I've gotten quite a bit, at least at work and, and, and stuff like that, is that I talk too quickly <laughs> uh, during the podcast and in general when I talk. So this week, I'm going to try to slow it down, hopefully not too much so that it sounds weird, um, but I'm going to try to make it so I don't talk nearly as fast. It's something I do need to get better about, as well as trying to cut out more words like, you know, the um, I just said, you know, there's the other one, ums and you knows, things like that. Um, how successful I will be is a whole other thing once I get down like my thought process of what I'm trying to say. But at least we're going to start with me feeling like I'm I'm pacing it out. I'm not trying to like go super slow or anything like that. So I'm going to see how this works and I'll let you know. Although if you have any feedback, let me know. But anyways, here we are today talking about video games. And today I am proud to, to, to tell the world that it's healing Prope has released a video game, which if you don't know, Prope, as far as it seems today, the only person who works at Prope is Yuji Naka and maybe one person who handles some financials. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, after Bal- the Balan Wonderworld issue at Square Enix, Yuji Naka left Square Enix. So he put out a new game, um, but it is one that he worked on entirely on his own. And he tweeted about it and actually got like a decent amount of coverage. I was kind of surprised because I feel like the old Prope games that came out. If you don't know, Prope is the company Yuji Naka founded after he left Square Enix. And it's been in kind of like life support for a long time. However, um, more recently, uh, or rather, he's kind of reusing the brand with the new... Um, with his uh, new releases that he's doing. But he basically built a game all on his own uh, that includes every aspect of it, where previously, um, his last couple projects at Prope, he was the programmer on them, but people did the art and things like that. And you can very much tell this is a game that is very simple in its in its look and also mechanics. I think he said it was like a hyper-casual game is what he called it. Um, and it's kind of neat. It's 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 a little bit, and, and I'm going to say I'm not super familiar with all these types of mobile games and things like this. Maybe he is, you know, replicating something that already exists, and I wouldn't be surprised if very similar things are out there on the market. But essentially, it's a game where you have these little uh, dice that you kind of throw at the back of a board, and these dice have different values on them. And you basically, if you combine the two dice that have the same value, they then add up to the next one. So there's a two dice, you throw it into another two dice, it becomes a four dice. And it's a four dice, throw it another four dice, becomes an eight dice kind of thing. And then the game gives you random dice pieces and things like that. So it will go ahead and give you like a 32 dice and then you have to kind of, you know, shove that in a corner somewhere. And then as you're like throwing these dice at the top of the wall, um, essentially it starts to fill up the back half of the play area, essentially. So once that play area fills up, if it, if that if the dice in that play area either bounce off or fill up past a line in the center, uh, you have like a, I don't know how it's determined exactly, but it seems like it's a set amount of time that a dice can sit in your, your side of the uh, board before it's considered a failure. So you can't actually throw another dice and try to knock it out. But after like maybe like a second to three seconds, um, you'll basically get a game over and you'll have to continue. So it's very, very simple in its mechanics and it's very, very simple in its presentation. It looks like something that you know easily could have just gotten some generic graphics from like an Unreal you know engine thing or Unity graphics uh, thing and basically just plop it in there, which I would not be surprised. I don't think 
Uh, I don't I, I don't know if Yuji Naka has any like art experience. As far as I'm aware, he is mainly a programmer. So I don't know if he's done any drawings on his own or anything like that. Um, so I don't know if he has the capability to make something that looks a bit more flashy at all. And this is just the scope of the project that he thought about. Um, but it, it is very simple in, in looks. But it was pretty fun, I think, overall. Would I continue to play this game? Probably not. But for something that you sit down and play for free, I thought it was a fun thing. It's just kind of satisfying. If you didn't know, the last couple of games he worked on, Legend of Coin and Pirates of Coin, those are very similar to those like arcade coin games, coin pusher games, where essentially you would go ahead and put a coin in the machine. It would land in like a play field and there's like a pusher. So when you put new coins in, it basically pushes the coins off the ledge. And then ideally you'd be getting more coins out than you're putting in essentially um, but in the case of legend of coin there's there's rpg elements added onto it and i think pirates of coin is similar in a lot of ways they basically are, are doing combat and the amount of damage you do is based off the the coins you push off the different types of coins you have that you push off um and i don't want to say legend of coin and pirate of coin are bad games per se but i they don't feel very responsive is the big thing because it takes so long for a coin to affect how the rest of the coins in the field uh push forward at least and that's my experience i'm not exactly a coin expert right uh coin pusher expert rather um, so it just feels like it's kind of unresponsive in a lot of ways. Where this game, it feels similar where it's as simple as basically just tapping the screen to throw the dice. So tapping the screen to throw the coin and Legend of Coin. But you have that kind of immediate reaction where you hit two dice together, it multi or double or adds them together and then creates another dice. And then if, it, if that dice hits another dice, it's the same value. You get like a combo. Um, and so you get like a high score based off that. It seems like the Android leaderboards aren't working is what he said. I, I'm not big a big leaderboard person though, so I didn't really bother even to check on my own to be honest um, but I did you know sit down and play it for a good while the, my biggest complaint probably is um, this is a free-to-play game so you can download it and, and play it for free however it is ad supported which is a very common thing with Propes other games um, and with that ad supported model how they implement those ads is not like in the case of like Legend of Coin or Pirates of Coin you would basically watch an ad to get more currency in this case when you get a kind of combo they will play an ad when you get rewards back or something so basically get like these continue tokens so if you fail you can continue but when you when you get that that score that gives you the continue tokens you have to watch an ad and it seems like the longer you play the longer those ads become so if it's an early early in the game they're usually like five to ten second ads and then once you get later in the game where you're getting a really high score they get it to like 30 seconds because they're like you're invested you're gonna watch this whole ad kind of thing and well i definitely understand and being a free-to-play game I really can't complain too much it is something that felt uh, a little disruptive and it made the impact of like receiving a high score um, kind of um, I don't know how to put it. it there's a negative associated with it right so it doesn't feel as good as if you just got a high score outright kind of thing so I'm not sure what, what would have been the better time to put an ad in place there um, but that particular model I think or that particular setup at least uh, feels a little lacking in terms of um I don't know. It just feels like maybe it's, it, it feels like it's, it dampers the reward a little bit because every time you perform well, you're basically punished kind of thing. So I forget if I mentioned the name. It's called Shot 2048. So that, that is what that is. Um, if you want to check it out, it's on iOS and Android. Um, should you check it out? Eh. 
you know, it's a very probe thing. I'm still very curious to see what, you know, Yuji Naka does in the future. I'd, uh, I don't know anything about game development, but, you know, this seems like it was probably pretty simple to put put out and put forward. I'd love to see something with, like, a more uh, cute aesthetic or something like that, more in line with what Yuji Naka is more known for with that stuff. But obviously, you know, depending on his own capabilities, that might mean needing to bring other staff members and things like that. And my, my impression is right now, he's at least the only person working at probe. So he'd either have to look at contract someone which probably is the thing that makes the most sense at this point or um or actually hire up staff which i don't think he's really looking to do that right now i I get the impression that he's not trying to manage a company right now he just wants to make games um i I don't remember where i feel like there was some interview out there at some point where he was mentioned that he was just kind of tired of running a company with probe and he just wanted to get back to making games which is why he was the main programmer on legend of coin and uh pirate of coin i believe and also probably explains why he went and worked at square enix for a while uh before battle wonder world uh caught on fire for them and, and he had to leave the company so um, if you haven't heard my Battle and Wonder World opinions before, just so you know, I do have a video about that out there. So you can actually go and watch that video. Um, I, I don't love Battle and Wonder World, but I did think it was like a really enjoyable game with some really interesting ideas. So, you know, I'm definitely not the person that's like, oh man, you know, Yuji Naka deserved to be, you know, ousted from Square Enix or anything like that. Um, but but I think that uh, I think that game was generally good overall. It's just the actual reception was pretty pretty awful in a lot of ways um in the ways that you know the game is has a lot of problems so it's uh, definitely understandable people are not you know overblowing it per well people are not wrong about what they don't like about the game but i think people overblowed it and and definitely made the game like a punching bag to some degree as they did with like mighty number nine you know people get emotionally invested in these things and and uh, you know they just get really I don't know how to put it like those kind of things. It's like, yes, there are problems with this game and there are real problems, but then people act like, you know, the greatest like sin against humanity is happening for like a whole month and like, oh my God, look at this nightmare thing at the very least with like, you know, mighty number nine people gave money for that to be made kind of thing. Um, but you know, I still, even then I'm just like, well, you, you made a gamble with your money. That's kind of on you, right? Like, I don't really, I don't really personally feel like if if you, you know, fund a Kickstarter that it's going to turn out exactly how you want it to turn out. Um, because to some degree, I think that a game has to, you know, kind of de- develop on its own. I still really think that Mighty Number no. 9, because, you know, Yuji Naka and Mighty Number no. 9 are definitely topics super related to each other. Um, but I think in the case of Mighty Number no. 9, it really would have benefited if it didn't have to kind of adhere to those Mega Man style mechanics. I think it would have been better on its own as a as a more traditional 2D action game than a, than a Mega Man game specifically, or, or in that style, I guess I should say. So, Yeah. That's what I played this morning, just for a little bit. Um, I also got my HDMI out adapter for my phone. We're talking about, we're talking about phone games this week, by the way. If you're if you're unaware, this is what's happening. I know it's not the normal topic, and you know it's probably going to go away at some point because I don't really like playing mobile games very much. Um, but one thing that has made playing a mobile game easier was my HDMI out adapter uh, that I got for my my uh, phone. So I can now play Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, which is a battle royale game that is exclusive to mobile um, fairly easily now. I can I can basically, you know, plug it into my, my monitor, connect a controller, and while there are problems with that game, and there's a lot of things about it that that um, the touchscreen element or the, the reliance on the touchscreen element kind of gets in the way of, um, it, it generally works pretty well. 
Um, and, and there's a lot of times where I can play that game and just kind of forget that it's a mobile game, but it does definitely suffer from like a te technological standpoint and like, you know, I, I run into a lot of frame rate issues with that game, despite having, you know, a fairly top of the line phone. I will say I'm on the high quality settings, though. So maybe if I dropped the uh, the quality settings a bit, it would help. Maybe I should try that next time. Um, but yeah, it just kind of basically makes it so I can just play a game and, and it feels, you know, generally pretty good. Pretty much like a, a, a it feels almost like playing on a Vita TV, honestly. It kind of feels like you're getting some kind of like dumbed down console experience in some ways. Where like clearly this thing is not meant to be able to output the same specs as like a PlayStation 3 game kind of thing. Um, but they shoved it together in this tiny portable thing and you can put it on a TV if you want to. So I, that was actually, a, I think, a good investment. It wasn't that expensive to get one of those little adapters. I don't know how that would work if you have to have like, like in the case of like Shot 2048, if that would like work really well because it seems like the touchscreen aspect, um, I don't know if you can duplicate the displays. Maybe you can duplicate the displays and like capture and play on your phone. But in terms of like actually viewing on the phone, you know, playing something like 2048 or shot 2048 probably would be hard because you need that kind of direct touch to be able to touch the dice and, and drop the dice where you want it to go, essentially. But because this game is basically a third person shooter, um, it's it's pretty straightforward in that in that regard. So I will say I played a lot more First Soldier than I really should have, um, especially this weekend. I was like, so I streamed it. If you didn't see that, I went ahead and streamed that game for about two and a half hours. And you know, it's, uh, it's how that game is. It's kind of quiet at times. So a lot of times you're just running at times and, and it gets really hectic towards the end of a match, right? So it, it, I don't know how good of a stream game it was per se, since it was kind of uneven in how much I could pay attention to the chat. Uh, during the stream, but what it did, um, but what what I did do afterwards was I did go ahead and play uh, pretty much the rest of the night after the stream, just offline, and then uh, yesterday. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday. So yesterday I had like a company lunch that I went to. And then when I got home, I pretty much played the game nonstop till I went to bed. <laughs> I really shouldn't have. I got other important things to do. Um, but, you know, to some extent, it w I, I should let myself have some fun with the video game, right? And enjoy it. So the big thing I think that was a, a couple of things um from last week, I think I only played like maybe like three or four rounds when I did the podcast last week. So I've clearly played a lot more. I'm like level 26 in the battle pass, I think. And I've leveled up a couple different classes and I do really like the class system in this game. So if you don't know, um, you know, basically there's like five different jobs in first soldier. So you can play as warrior, you can play as ranger, um, sorcerer, uh, monk, and ninja and each of them um, have kind of their own uh, specialty stats based around them but largely when it comes to things like gunplay and things like that and uh, really the gunplay more than anything uh, they all kind of control the same there, there's a couple different perks that might some characters might have but otherwise they're they're all fairly even when it comes to actually just shooting each other so where the different classes come into play is some of the more specialized skill sets they have outside of the gunplay so for warrior they have like an enhanced melee attack and they can also do like this dash attack when they uh, do a melee attack as well where sorcerers have the ability to essentially have like enhanced magic so like when you cast fire as a warrior it just shoots like one fireball but when you cast magic as a sorcerer it shoots like three so so all these these classes have their own little benefits here and there that are kind of natural perks to them but then they also get two abilities one is a more like um 
what is it called, like a passive ability. So for example, the ranger has one where when he's looking down his scope, it will go ahead and automatically ping people that are within your scope, essentially. So you can basically hone in on them from there. Um, where um, the the uh, warrior, uh, I'm trying to remember what his, I think the default one for the warrior is if you kill somebody with melee attacks, it like recovers HP. But recently, so when you level up the class, you can actually earn like skill books and unlock new skills and swap them out. So with my warrior now, I have a skill that basically slows down people when I hit them with melee attacks. So hopefully it keeps them from running away from my melee skills as quickly kind of thing, right? So so there's a, a little, a, a couple different skills with each of those categories. I think the passive trait, there's only like I think there's maybe three options and then there's like an active skill you have where you press the R1 button and it will go ahead and activate a skill. And I think there are only two for each class right now. So I'd imagine in the future they might expand those or at least as they add new jobs, you know, they'll have those different capabilities. And one thing that's really neat about this is that, you know, I've played some other Battle Royale games in the past that are more character focused with like Apex Legends specifically. And with Apex Legends, some of the characters feel a little unbalanced and you have certain skills where it's like, I like this skill that a character has, but the other skill they have, I don't care that much about kind of thing, but you're stuck with it and you try to learn it. And even sometimes like, for example, uh, there's a character called Loba in that game and she has the ability to like see different treasures with her like eyesight and things like that. Um, but she also has like this like teleport ring she can throw and the teleport ring is really slow very visually obvious and when you land somewhere you're kind of like stuck for a second so it's like this 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 ring that really doesn't have a ton of uses um it can be useful but it, it, it doesn't have a ton of uses and like it's fine to have that and it is like satisfying when it does actually do something for you but most of the time it feels like it's a useless part of that that character kind of thing so it's kind of nice to be able to look at a skill and say okay I don't like this particular skill in my moveset. Let me swap it out with another. And you, you know, you're not able to swap it out with every skill from every job. So there's still limitations on what you can do with that. Um, it's not like a Final Fantasy 14 1.0 thing where you're basically building your own class, um, but it gives you options. And so a game like this doesn't necessarily need, you know, multiple character types of one, you know, um, class or like have different atta attacker types it's also create a character game so you make your own character and the first soldier um, but it just gives you some options to basically tweak your character and make it feel more like your own kind of thing um, so I like that aspect of the game a lot. I, the more I spend with the more time I spend with the game, the more I'm getting kind of familiar with this different mechanics. There's a lot going on in First Soldier. Um, and and as you kind of play more, you kind of learn how to implement more and more of those into your strategies. Um, and you kind of learn to deal with what you're what you're given, where you land. And, and also depending on how kind of your initial encounters go, because if you run into a lot of combat early on, you know, it might be different from what you do when you land somewhere else and you're all alone. Um, you know, by going and like leveling and killing monsters instead of, you know, just engaging with other players kind of thing. Because you're kind of off on your own by yourself, then you're usually free to just kind of go kill monsters, level up and get what you need. And it means that you also can get what you need in that game without necessarily relying on luck. Um, because one problem with, I guess, games like, like PUBG and Apex and things like that is that sometimes when you start a game, Apex maybe not so much, Apex is very generous on drops, but you, you know, sometimes when you, you start a game, it, you can end up with like not a great set of things and there's not a lot of control you have over it. And that's definitely true to some degree in, in Final Fantasy uh, The First Soldier, but you do get the ability to, you know, not only do you have your, your base class skills, but you can go and level up on monsters and get gill and buy 
buy items out of vending machines and things like that. Um, so, and, and monsters are kind of everywhere. So, so there's a lot of options for you to kind of, you know, pick yourself up after you, after you start, if you have like a slow start at the beginning of the game. So anyways, I'm really enjoying that game. I don't know how many hours I have in it, but I would guess honestly, probably at least 15, which is a lot. I shouldn't be playing it as much as I am, but I'm enjoying it. So, Hey, you know, video games meant to be enjoyed mostly. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about this week, and that is uh, there is a new like buddy mission bond release that's happening, not a game. Um, so if you didn't know before, I talked about there are drama CDs that they've been putting out. So there's, I think, two out right now featuring uh, the two main characters, Luke and Aaron, and then also the kind of the two also main characters, but they feel a little more like mentorish in some ways um and that's uh uh i think momokuma i always forget his name and then uh chelsea so the third one features uh, i believe the two ladies of the game so i don't remember her name there's one lady who's like the actual music lady that they 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 rescue off stage and then i think the other one is the the kind of like police force lady or, or something like that so so they have that third one coming out um, but back in, I believe, September, they had like a live show that they did. And I talked about it on the podcast, but I never really followed up on it because I didn't end up watching it. Um, but they did go ahead and put out, uh, or they're going to go ahead and put out a Blu-ray recording of that live show. So basically just has the voice actors on stage, you know, acting out their things. If you've ever seen one of these shows before, looks very similar to that. Just having the voice actors on stage, they're dressed up. I'm assuming they're going to be animating a little bit. But largely, you know, from the screenshots I saw, it's a lot of people just like sitting there with like scripts in front of them kind of thing. So, and imagine there's probably just some general conversations and maybe some like musical scores. That's, I don't know for sure if that's what's in there, but that is my expectation of what's in there. Um, so they're releasing a Blu-ray of that. And I was kind of tempted, especially since they also are including like a soundtrack selects disc. I need to look. So I have the blue, or I have the Buddy Mission Bond um, soundtrack. So I don't know if that soundtrack selects is just tracks from that soundtrack or if it is its own set of tracks essentially so i gotta cross compare those and see what's in what's in each but um to get the blu-ray itself it's like 80 bucks and then if you want to get the blu-ray plus the soundtrack it is like a soundtrack selects i should say um it is like 130 bucks so it is very expensive so while i am tempted to some degree that is a lot of money honestly and I don't think I'll end up doing it, but I'll be curious to see, you know, if that stuff ever like shows up at a cheaper price at some point. Things like drama CDs and things like that. It's a lot easier for me to swallow if they're like dirt cheap because like, yes, I never will really understand these, but at least I can like get it and then like archive it and then also kind of poke around the disc, see what's on there. But, you know, I'm not going to be the person to sit there and listen to all, you know, two hours of however long the show was. Right. So. One thing I was not aware of, though, is during that like uh, live show event they did, they actually sold like specialty goods. And a lot of it's just kind of those little things you really wouldn't think too much about. Um, but one thing they had in there was like a tin of cookies, basically. And then in the tin of cookies, there's like a, a button that would come in there. So you could buy the cookies and then open them up and then get the button out. And I, I looked online, I was looking up the, the cookies to see if anybody had opened them up on, on anything. Uh, and nobody showed pictures of the cookies themselves, but I did see somebody who bought like 10 
packs of those cookies. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and they, they got all the buttons. That, well, they got a bunch of buttons and now they're like trying to trade with people. So that's kind of th that part of the fandom of those kind of things is something I don't personally like interact with that much, but it's always kind of interesting to see from afar how dedicated people are to those things and how much money they're willing to spend where they're willing to buy 10 tins of cookies, basically trying to get all the badges essentially. Uh, and then now they have like, you know, 200 cookies to eat. I mean, I'd imagine the cookies inside are not particularly great, but hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe they're the best cookies ever. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I might end up picking that up at some point, but I don't think it'll be at launch, unfortunately. Um, just a little too pricey for me. So maybe in the future, if nobody wants buddy mission bond stuff later on, um, I will say one thing I am going to try to do. I mentioned this, I think last week, I am going to try to play buddy mission bond over the holiday week for work. So I did talk to my, my boss a little bit and it sounds like our expectations that week is that we'll basically just be on call if we're needed. So I might throughout the day play buddy mission bond and try to make a lot of progress there and, and do that because I don't really know with, with how long it takes to get through chapters of that game. I don't know what other point in time I'll find the the amount of time that I'm comfortable with putting into a game all at once. So if I can spend an entire workday playing Buddy Mission Bond essentially for multiple days in a row, I think that will be reasonable. <laughs> so um, so we'll see. I'll update you on that, let you know. I'm sure I'll talk about it on the podcast if I play more of Buddy Mission Bond for that. Anyways, that's it for like the, the updates to Ben playing thing. So one thing I want to do real quick, and I don't really know how this is going to fit into the show normally, um, is let you know, as I mentioned last week, I did go ahead and soft launch a Patreon. So it's not officially launched yet. And I will say up front here, anything that I put out in this kind of like soft launch period, I think I'm probably going to go ahead and make free come the real launch of it on, on early January. So the items you're seeing posted right now, if you are following me on Twitter and seeing what I'm posting, those are going to be, um, uh, probably available for you to try out and, and see just basically what I'm doing, what level of quality the content's going to be, because, you know, it's not going to be the same content quality as my website and things like that, or my, my, my other content. So I just want people to be able to see what I'm doing, see if it's something interesting to them, and also they have an expectation in place of basically um, what to expect. So there's a few things I posted this week. One is, uh, or maybe last week. So I had a bonus podcast go up uh, where I basically on my drive home, I talked a bit about, um, and I think I mentioned this one last week because I think I already recorded it. But it was basically about, um, you know, why I, I don't like saying I like bad games anymore. Because for a long time, I used to say, oh, I like bad games. And then realize that is not what I actually like about games, that they're bad. It's just the games I play typically have problems in them. So um, there's a lot of stigma that came from the fact that I called them bad games. And, and that caused some problems. So I talked a little bit about that on my drive home from work on like a portable microphone that I have. Um, the other thing I did was I published a unfinished, um, abandoned article I did in 2016, I believe, where I was originally writing up a review for personal trainer walking for the Nintendo DS. And I never actually wrote the review part of personal trainer rock walking, but in working on that review, I did a bit of research into Nintendo pedometers in general, very light research. So nothing crazy, basically just was like searching around online, learning about various devices and things like that. Um, and so with that pedometer, uh, 
article, I never really got it to where I wanted to get it. The big problem I found was like, if I was gonna really go hard into the history of Nintendo pedometers, um, I would need to probably buy some of those and at least try them out. And at the time I did not have a lot of money, so I knew that was not going to happen. And then eventually it kind of faded in the background and disappeared. So it might still be a good topic to talk about in the future. I did some online searching and there are some very um, small articles about Nintendo pedometers, but I've never seen any, or I at least did not find anything that was more um, broad and talking about Nintendo and their 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 involvement in the pedometer uh, uh, business as a whole. So there might still be space for that, but I don't intend to do anything anytime in the near future. So I went ahead and and posted up the initial research I did, the writing I did around that. And so you can basically go and look at that. That's in the behind the scenes tier. But like I said earlier, there's a good chance for all the items that I post before January, I will make them free come January. So you can see what kind of things I'm posting. And then the thing I posted up in, in today, the day I'm recording this, is I went ahead and decided to try to utilize my backlog of articles in some way. And I was trying to think about how I could do that. And one idea I had was going and doing a read aloud or read along, I don't know, of of previous articles I wrote. So I did like a random roll of, of some numbers to basically pull some articles out of my, my backlog and then go ahead and read them. I'm not specifically focused on the best articles because I think um, it's important that in, in doing these, I will probably offer some commentary and it's gonna be good to talk about the things that I think are not good either, honestly. So it'd be kind of interesting to see, you know, in the case of like Dark Souls, these are impressions I wrote. Did I mention that this Dark Souls? I, I did, a, I, I, <laughs> I'm writing one, or I did, I did a recording based off uh, my, my Dark Souls impressions from 2011. So I went ahead and read over that. And then I just offered some feedback of not only some criticism of my writing, but also some of the, the, the thoughts I had about the game and, and how I felt I was a little off on a couple different things, but also where I still agreed with it in, in some degree. And I say that not having played Dark Souls since then, but just in, in being able to read about it, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see why I said this, but kind of thing. So it basically is just a reading of those articles with a bit of commentary mixed between, I don't really know right now what is a good way to distinguish between me reading the article versus me offering commentary. So I might have to add some kind of like audio cue that's like, I'm adding commentary and then I'm no longer adding commentary kind of thing. Um, so I might try to figure that out. But for now, it's basically, you just gotta kind of guess based off my tone or if I, I particularly say, you know, okay, let me, let me make this comment kind of thing. So that's about like, I think 15 minutes. So I expect to try to do more of those in the future kind of thing. So again, that will probably be free with the, um, the January launch of the platform. So you can go ahead and listen to that initial one if you'd like to. So the last thing that I still got to figure out is receiving um, podcast questions from people as well as receiving stream games from people. So what people want me to stream. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but one thing that I think will, will happen ahead of time is I want to go ahead and start introducing podcast questions um, while I, b like even before somebody submits anything. So I actually found a website called Level Skip. I believe levelskip.com and they had 
It was really a list of like questions to ask gamers is what it said. I think the intention is it's like how to strike up a conversation with somebody who's a gamer, right? Like maybe like a relationship advice kind of thing. But they had 50 questions and I was like, okay, I'll just like basically roll a random question and we'll, we'll answer them. Some of these are going to be very like mainstream kind of questions and hopefully my weird experience with games will help make them a bit more distinguished other times they'll probably be very boring answers so you know if you want to give me some good questions join the patreon and then I'll, I'll let you know how to submit questions. I still don't know that part yet, but you know, it, it is something that w I, I would like to do. Um, so we have, I think at least 50 of these initially. So we, we're covered for a while if we don't get any questions. And then if they're bad enough, then maybe we'll, we'll find some other plan. Um, unfortunately, I would not say, well, at least off the top of my head, I'm not aware that this will probably be like a super interesting topic but the first question i i got from from the level squip uh uh, uh randomized questionnaire that i pulled was do you prefer co-op or player versus player games um and you know it, this is a hard question actually because i think i will always say i prefer co-op games in general like if i'm going to choose a multiplayer mode I always want it to be co-op. I always like sitting down and playing with friends and working together. I liked playing like Rainbow Six Vegas and, and playing that on really hard difficulty and being able to coordinate with people um, while we approach and like have that communication between, between others. And with PvP, like pure PvP, you don't really get that. I'm not saying that I don't like pure PvP. You know, with the first soldiers, I've definitely done some solo queues and had some fun with that. But I ultimately like working with others and having complementary skill sets and like learning how to better communicate with each other. I think that's like a really fun thing to do kind of thing. But one thing that's nice with like team games that are online is you kind of get the best of both worlds, right? You can kind of coordinate in games like Battle Royales, right? And, and it's why I queue up in teams on there pretty often um, because I want to have that cooperative element, but I still do like that PvP element as well. So, you know, I think that's a kind of a, a very straightforward answer on that. I don't think I have anything fancy, um, but we'll go ahead and roll another question uh, going forward every week going from here. But uh, as soon as somebody submits a real question, um, then we will go ahead and, and have that real question that comes on. But there's my little tiny, tiny thing. For now, it's probably going to act more like an advertisement of like, hey, you could subscribe to Patreon and then submit a question kind of thing. So we'll see. Again, I'm not like married to this idea. So we may move away from that. All right, getting into news now. Uh, there's not anything really big here, actually. I only have one news story that I want to talk about, although I guess you could say the SHOT 2048 being announced and released is a, a news story there, but we have already talked about that. Um, Chocobo Racing is going to be coming on March 10th, um, and that's a game that I was kind of interested in, similar to, in general. So, hmm, let me approach, so one thing, First and foremost, Chogo Racing coming March 10th. I believe it's Switch only for that, and that is worldwide. There's our news story. It's, it's, it's kind of all the information that's there. So if you haven't seen Chocobo Racing yet, uh, they showed off a couple trailers, I think, so far. Uh, it is a you know Mario Kart-style Final Fantasy racing game. I think they've had some on the PlayStation as well that they did. I never played those, so I don't know anything about those games. But in terms of the trailer itself, I liked the idea that when you like collect different elements of item boxes, it would level up 
that elemental spell you have. So I don't know if you get different types of elements like spells and that's randomized and then you just collect another element to level it up. But it seems like as you collect, you know, the first one, you get like a fire, then you collect another one, another fire element uh, box and it gives you fire and then another fire element box gives you fire. Aga. That's my understanding. I don't know 100% sure if that's the case, but that was based off like what I saw in the trailer. So I like that kind of idea of like bringing in some more Final Fantasy elements. And that's something that I think in general... Um, I don't want to say like I'm a Final Fantasy fanboy or anything like that, but I do think that Final Fantasy is a franchise that is so broad and what it kind of encapsulates. And it's all like very tied together by particular themes, particular mechanics, particular types of things. And I think this is part of why I like, like the first person shooter Final Fantasy games and Mario Kart. Well, I may like Mario Kart Final Fantasy. I don't know. Um, but why I kind of like playing a lot of these Final Fantasy spinoffs is I like that they basically take what would essentially be the elements that would create a mainstream Final Fantasy and try to apply them to a different genre. And I like that element a lot. So I feel like with Chocobo Racing, there's a lot of promise there. There is a trial, so I might actually try the free trial first before I commit just to see how I'm generally feeling about it. But I am tempted to buy it. I have a lot of racing games around, so I don't really have a lot of need for another one. Um, but I think it might be worth sitting down and, and giving it a good luck. I'm not a huge fan of playing demos and then deciding if I'm going to buy a game. Um, but in this particular case, because I have some, so many other racing games I could get to, I might do that and I might um, decide to play through... Uh, I play a little bit of the, the, the game first and foremost. I don't know what that trial includes, so maybe it's not a ton of stuff, um, but I am very tempted to pick it up. If there wasn't a trial, I think I probably would just go ahead and buy it, honestly. Um, so, so sucks on Square Enix for giving me an option, <laughs> um, but I'm, I am interested, so I might pick that up and might give that a go. And that was pretty much the only news story I really had that I wanted to cover this week. Um, so that's that's that. Um, in terms of, you know, what's coming up and, and, and what's being worked on at the moment. Oh, actually, one other thing. This is not really this doesn't really fit anywhere, honestly. Um, <laughs> so I know I know NFTs are contentious and I don't know anything about NFTs and I don't want to claim to know anything about NFTs. I know. There are benefits to it. I know there's negative parts of it, or at least those are the claims, right? I, I, I have not gone and verified these things on my own or anything. <laughs> I did try to buy a Million Arthur NFT because <laughs> it was funny to me because the, the NFT they had for sale was literally just like two of the girls from Million Arthur sitting there with a pile of money burning. And I was like, this is like 100% the reason I'd want to own an NFT is like, this is a stupid reason to own this. And the picture of this, this NFT visually conveys the stupidity of me buying this. That's again, not saying that you're, when it comes to NFT, that your investments are useless, but me investing in a million Arthur NFT was going to be that thing essentially. So I actually did try to buy it, you know, earth environment be damned, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how, how it damages the environment or if like what, what the scope and scale of that is. Again, I'm not really super interested in hearing too much about it. I'm not going to buy any other NFT other than this, but unfortunately I could not buy it because it was region locked in Japan. So unless I get a VPN, I'm not gonna be able to buy it and I don't want to buy it that much. So I'm gonna just leave it. Um, but I almost did buy that just cause I thought it'd be a stupid thing to, 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 to own, quote, own um, the, 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 I guess not really rights to, right? 
the the receipt to i think is the, the way people kind of describe it usually so anyways it was just gonna be like a stupid thing it basically was just like i'm gonna kill the planet for a joke kind of thing basically um again i don't know anything about it please don't tell me that oh it doesn't kill the planet oh it is worth the investment don't tell me about oh you shouldn't have done it it was a bad investment i didn't end up doing it it's fine it's done it's over time has passed and nothing has changed, so it was mainly just a, a, a fleet of a moment kind of thing. So, anyways, that was that. Uh, in terms of upcoming content stuff, this week I have a Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon for the Wii review going up, so you'll see that casual review up on, on the YouTube this week. Um, we'll also be playing Cabela's uh, Survival for the stream at 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you if you didn't know, we also finished up sort of a Terry last week, so after this week, we'll be going into to Parasite Eve shortly here, so that's coming up. Um, also, um, in terms of what I'm working on long-term, I have that video all set up for early January, so that's going to be about the game collecting and stuff. That's pretty much done. There's a couple of tweaks I need to make on the actual like description page for YouTube. So I'll go try to make those tweaks um, sometime shortly here, and then it should be done. Um, and then I'm still working on the Nintendo G script. It's actually coming together pretty well. There's some problems with it, but it's nothing that seems unfixable at this point. I don't anticipate a scenario where I have to rewrite the whole thing. I just have to sit down and actually spend some time on it. So that's coming up. I'm also working on the 2021 wrap up uh, video that's, I was originally planning on maybe doing a little more with it, but you know, that's the thing I was trying to avoid with it. So I'm going to try to keep the scope very narrow. We're basically going to treat it like one of these podcasts. I may go ahead and just upload the audio only to the podcast feed again, just to try to keep it as, as, as simple as possible. Um, so that may be on the podcast feed. Otherwise you'll just have to check it out on YouTube for that. So yeah. Anyways, thank you again so much for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Hopefully, I was a little slower this week, so it's a little easier to listen to me. If you have any feedback on the speed, let me know. It'd be helpful. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a great week. And then, uh, and yeah, and a great, uh, is this Christmas? Well, I'll talk to you before Christmas. Let me check my calendar here real quick. Live calendar checking. I will not talk to you before Christmas, so please enjoy Christmas. Well, I won't talk to you on the podcast before Christmas, so please enjoy Christmas if you if you haven't, and have yourself a wonderful time. Otherwise, come hang out with us for the Cabela's Christmas event on the 23rd. So, yeah, that's it. Bye. <laughs>